Stay tuned for Love Talk with Kathy Underbrock and Evelyn Davidson and their special guest, Dr. Sean Stokes. Love talking today about Personality 101. Thank you, Gavin. We are in studio today, and uh, this is Evelyn Davison. And this is Kathy Enderbrock. And we want to thank you for joining us for Love Talk here at 11.20 a.m., uh, radio station KTXW. Uh, and we on the bridge at 11.20, the bridge, 1120.com. And we are live streaming out of Austin, Texas, to all of our Central Texas friends and neighbors, and internationally as well, if you're live streaming with us on KTXW.net, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you with us. You know, Kathy, it's a beautiful time in Texas, and we're in the middle of um, of the summer, and uh, we're taping some, uh, pre-taping some programs that, because you're going, you're going to, you've been here this summer and you're going to be leaving going back to Boise. Uh, to Boise, Idaho. I know. We've had such a wonderful summer here in Texas with friends and, and family. And I've had such a great time being in the studio with you, Evelyn and, and Carrie Brinkhater yes. all summer. Now Carrie's out on vacation today, so we won't have her with us, but we do have a special guest with, uh, with us calling in, and we have a, a live studio audience oh, yes. here. Can we give them a hand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have my three daughters, uh, Faith and uh, Aaliyah and Jordan. Actually, she is back with Gavin at the soundboard because she wants to see all the technical aspects of mm-hmm. it. But we're going to be learning about personality, and we're doing kind of a crash course for all of our love leaders out there, Personality 101. We really, I know that understanding myself has helped me to understand others and understanding personality has really given me incredible insight in the workplace, in family relationships, in resolving conflict and and in avoiding conflict as well. And so we have given all of these three girls a personality profile (laughs) and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, personality today and helping all of our listening friends out there understand themselves and others a bit better today. Well, our word for today is understand and we're living in a time right now, Kathy, when there's so many things that are on the table of life that are just out of Kilter compare to what we've grown up with and how we how we um, have marriage, how we have a family, and when we're thinking about how important it is that we come to understand others, that is a a critical criteria for us as leaders. And you know, there's so many things going on. Just uh, this, I, I think, in about a week they're going to have a Washington D.C. Um, a leadership gathering of leaders from throughout this nation coming together in, in D.C. to pray. And this is cr- incredible because we have great diversity in the leadership that is coming together. Uh, you have, you know, uh, Ravi Zacharias, Francis Chan, uh, just a host of leaders that minister nationally and internationally. And they're going to be gathering together, as you said, in Washington, D.C., to really be calling our nation to prayer, to repentance, to making every day a national day of prayer. And it's so appropriate right now to be talking about this because when all of these different leaders gather together, all of these different personalities in one place, this can really lead to some great diversity or it can lead to some pretty great conflict as Mm -hmm. well. So understanding personality and and how to get along with one another and how each other perceives you and perceives one another. And this is one of the things that Jesus Christ did so well. He was really able to reach into um, the 
the heart of a person mm-hmm. and really address what is right there. And so uh, today we're going to, you know, while we can't look at someone's heart, we can look at how they respond to things and, and pick up some details about their personality so that we can help to get along with them and uh, build in that relationship with them more effectively. Well, when we look at it from the point of view that it's just a tool and it's not a hammer, yes. you know, it's not something you use over someone, uh, you, the thing that personality, how, personality helps us do is it determines how we're going to lead, how we're going to pray, and how we're going to work. And most of all, how we're going to analyze because we have to look at our world through the eyes of the Lord Jesus and see those things that uh, that need to be affixed or crafted. And and one of the things Franklin Graham brought to the forefront just this, you know, this year, the first six months of this year, is that we, number one, have got to go, we've got to pray. Yes. Secondly, we've got to engage. That means we've got to know who we're talking to, know what we're talking about, and know what it is God has to say. And then we have to analyze. We really look at it and determine it so that we can go and be that leader God's called us to be. And, I mean, Evelyn, I know that you have done so much with personality. You, you've taught courses on this. What, what difference has it made for you personally really understanding personality? Well, it, it, the first really um, change that came in, in my life as a result of personality was when we moved to Austin from Lufkin, Texas. And um, I was not happy here. Uh, and we came so that my husband didn't have to travel so much. And right almost immediately, the middle of June, I was invited down to the Austin um, Women's Club for a book review of Tim LaHaye's book, Spirit Controlled Temperament. And I, there was no Christian bookstore in Austin at that time. And I uh, went home, and out of what I learned that day in the notes, I analyzed my family was what I called it. We call it testing now. And so I began to put into practice some tips that I got from that. And it was a very short thing, about an hour. Six weeks later, my husband came home because he traveled a lot. And he said, uh, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, okay, what is that? He said, well, I'll, well let's talk after dinner. And we had a little love seat in our uh, our uh, study area. And we went in and sat on the love seat. And he said, I have to tell you something. And he was dead serious. He is melancholy choleric. He said, I have fallen in love. And immediately through my mind went, uh-huh, it's the secretary in Dallas. or it's, You know how you do that? <laughs> okay. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, and we'd been married uh, about 22 years. Um, he said, yes, I have fallen in love with you all over again. <gasps> and I said, wow, what have I done? He said, I don't know. But said there's been a major change. But what I learned to do was to build on the strengths and not the weaknesses. And our oldest son could run Mensa. You know, he's he's there. And our youngest son is dyslexic like I am. And so we have this, you know, great unbalance in the way we parented our children. And what happened is we t- I took the pressure off our youngest son and it began to make about a lot of difference. So in my life, it's been a great tool. Uh, I started out just little by little incorporating some of the things that I knew that were issues and began to work on the positive 
parts of personality and temperament or whatever you call it. I, I love that, that you really share about your marriage and the difference that this can make in your marriage. And so I, I'd love to introduce our, our guest to all of our listening friends today. Um, Dr. Stokes is director and founder of Lifeway Counseling Center um, up in Denton, Texas, and he earned his Ph.D. from the Texas Tech University in marriage and family therapy. So he's going to be our go-to guy to understand how this personality impacts uh, a marriage and how a marriage can benefit from from understanding personality. Um, and uh, he also, for all of those uh, Texas Tech fans out of there, out out of uh, in in Texas, I know we have I a couple it. Red Raiders. <laughs> yeah, even in my family, we have cousins who are Red Raiders. Oh my gosh, every picture they are in, you see them holding the little yeah, their guns try. up, guns <laughs> up. All right, guns up to all you Texas Tech fans out there. Well, not only uh, did he get his Ph.D. there, but he had previously gotten his B.S. in Human Development Family Studies. And so we're going to get an incredible perspective and insight uh, from Dr. Sean Stokes. Dr. Stokes, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so we are we are really interested in picking your brain today and learning about personality and having you help us understand personality. Now, um, I mentioned at the beginning I gave um, each of my three daughters a, a personality plus inventory, and they all came out very, very differently. One of them is uh, what we call a popular, and Evelyn will, will uh, share all these different personalities. And but they all came out very, very different. So how can Three girls, uh, so different, get along effectively in a family? <laughs> it's a great question. And uh, one of the, the research projects that I was involved in in my bachelor's was actually looking at the differences uh, in siblings in a family. And uh, we had some surprising kind of results. Part of it was, you know, it's the old nature versus nurture debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it we found was that God just really, um, and it was not, a, it was a secular study. But I get to kind of put my own biblical piece to it. Uh, God, God really seems to put different personalities uh, in in the children for different parts of the family. I think God kind of says, "Well, this one uh, can help mom and dad be this way, or this one can Ooh. help the sibling be this way, and the family can function better as a team." Uh, the other side to it, though, is that I think that any sibling um, can kind of be that little sharpening tool that the other siblings need for their growth and development uh, as, as a Christian. And so uh, the personality types, while sometimes they may fight like cats and dogs, the other times uh, they really have that ability to love very deeply and to support one another because of those different personality components that they all have uh, that are very different. Does, like, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I like it. That gives me great hope. So it's going to be like <laughs> iron sharpening iron. Well, sparks yes. do fly in our family. So, uh, all right, so that's what the Lord's doing. Now, I want to get personal with you here. When we're talking personality, how has God personally knit your personality together to help you be effective in his kingdom? Well, uh, another great question. So uh, so my wife and I uh, married 17 years, and, and I have to tell you, we, um, we're about as different as, as they come. Um, she is very much the problem solver, the fixer, uh, the analytical part, and of course here I am the therapist, so I'm, I'm more the feeler and the, uh, you know, oh, that just doesn't feel right, I don't know if I want to do that kind of stuff, and so our roles are kind of reversed, we joke. Um, and and I, I asked God a long time ago, I said, what on earth? You know, there, there are other people that I work with that I seem to be more compatible with on certain areas. 
why did you pair me with this woman? Uh, you know, there's there's so much stress at times, and and I honestly, um, <laughs> very clearly heard from him, and he said she's the only one that can put up with you. <laughs> okay, I like that. Well, you know, Dr. And I thought about that for a second, and the truth is that her personality really does complement mine Mm -hmm. in that we're both very dominant personalities in our household uh, and in what we do in life and uh, going toe-to-toe she really can challenge me and and it is it is really that iron sharpening iron tool that God has used at different times to say okay Sean the pride needs to go or Sean you need to look at humbling yourself Mm -hmm. over here uh, really submit to this part, and then he's done the same thing for her. Uh, we had uh, one of our pastors who who had told my wife, you know, at a particular time in our marriage, he said, you're, you're, you don't want to take leadership from your husband. Uh, you've been on your own for a while. You didn't want to take that. And that was a real um, kind of wake-up call for her at that particular time of her walk. And so God is really doing that iron sharpening iron for us. Um, and then we have this daughter who, quite honestly, um, you know, she's a straight-A student. She works very, very hard. She's a level 10 gymnast. Um, but in all honesty, she's probably what Gary Smalley would call an otter. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just likes to have fun, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, here's mom and dad who are like, we got to do this and got to do this. And she's like, well, why? It, 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 let's just relax, you know. And so she has been kind of that balance uh, that we've all needed. You, you know what I'm saying? And uh, to the point where you said you're from Boise, well, she just got a full-ride scholarship to Boise um, on a gymnastic scholarship. So she'll be going to uh, Boise, Idaho in a couple of years. Wow. that You know, Dr. Stokes, one of the things that I learned a long time ago, and I'm 85 years old, so I've got a stack of books in my head, is that opposites attract. I don't know what it is. It either does it in love or in conflict. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I agree. And, I agree. And and you know when you have a family, you don't get a choice of what you get. You can choose your mate, <laughs> but you can't charge. You know. That's right. You can't Lord choose your family. Yep. And one of the reasons we call it personality plus is that we don't just look at what we would call human uh, instincts or human actions or uh, that personality part, but. When you take what it is that God has put together, according to Romans 139, uh, Romans, <laughs> I'm sorry, Psalms 139, uh, he said he takes all of the parts and knits them together. And yes. that comes from the DNA of our parents who physically birthed us, but it also comes from that spirit of the living God that he wants yes. to infuse us with. And so that's how we look at Personality Plus. But it, it, this is exciting, um, exciting day, Kathy, and, but we need to take our break and let's come back uh, with um, Kathy Enderbrock and Evelyn Davison on Love Talk right after this. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Kathy Underbrock and Evelyn Davidson and their special guest, Dr. Sean Stokes. Love talking today about Personality 101. And welcome back, listeners, to Love Talk on KTXW 1120 AM, The Bridge. This is Kathy Enderbrock in studio with Evelyn Davison and our very special guest today from Lifeway Counseling Center, our founder and director, Dr. Sean Stokes. And we are talking about personality, understanding myself and understanding others as we lead with love. All right, so... 
there are some, we're, we're going to group these personalities into four different areas. And we want our listeners, as you are listening to these, try and identify yourself um, and maybe identify a couple family members or others uh, in your workplace. So we have the popular personality, the powerful personality, the perfect personality, or I also call it the perfectionist personality, and the peaceful personality. Evelyn, can you um, help us understand these key differences of these four personalities? Well, the popular personality wants to have fun, and, you know, that's, and everything has to bounce off of joy in, in the Christian life, and they don't want to be down, depressed about anything. And, they, you know, they, uh, they have a limited attention, but their number one goal in life is whatever you do, do it with a lot of friends, get a lot of friends, have a lot of fun, and just uh, we have one that's smiling at all this today. Uh, <laughs> and then the powerful personality is their ba- basic desires have control. They want to rule the world. Now, that's where my oldest son is. Uh, he, he, he could, he could run the White House. He's just one of those kinds of people. And that's part of my personality. My personality is popular, powerful. And so this is what was comfortable in our home because David and I were so much alike. And then we had, then we had, uh, our, our son Danny, uh, Danny, who is, uh, what we call the peaceful one. He never wanted to cause any problems. He'd tell a lie to get out of trouble. And it was just, uh, and with all this pressure coming down on him. And then my husband is that perfectionistic person in control. And so this was what we had to begin to put together when we came to Austin because Van had traveled. We had a ranch, and my oldest son, David, and I ran the ranch. And, and here was little Danny just hobbling along like a little lamb. And so when we came back all in a, in a household after four years uh, where he was at home at night, we had trouble. Uh, yeah, I imagine now. When I, so when I'm thinking through all this, so we have a popular personality who wants the fun way. Right. The powerful personality who wants my way right. control. The perfect personality who sees things the only way, wants things the only way they can possibly be. <laughs> yeah. And the peaceful personality that wants things the easy way. Okay, so I have a question for Dr. Stokes. Now, I have four brothers and three sisters, so I can definitely relate to all these different personalities. Me and my brother Dan, we want things my way. And um, my sister Amber and older brother Stephen want everything the fun way. My sister Margie and baby brother Bill want everything the only way that mm-hmm. it can be done, obviously. My oldest sister Trishanne and my oldest brother Rick just want everything the easy way. Now, Dr. Stokes, if you had me and my seven brothers and sisters <laughs> in your workplace, how would you counsel us to get along well and resolve conflict? Well, I mean, first you probably all have to just start eating a lot of dark chocolate uh, (laughs) to to relax everybody. Uh, You know, that's a great question because you've got those kind of places, those those personality types in the workplace. Um, And really, I think we're going to be talking about how we do task um, division. As far as, uh, you know, is somebody going to kind of be more maybe, uh, the, the face of the, of the company? Uh, maybe the popular person really is that person who you'd want to do your marketing, uh, to go out and, uh, to be the, the voice in the face for the public to see. 
whereas you have, and that might be the fun way because they can really energize the crowd or they can be the uh, intro person if you're doing some uh, type of workshop. The, the the my way the powerful person really I think would be more of who's kind of kind of direct that ship. Uh, what ideas do you have? Can you put those out? Can you lay out how you're going to see uh, this company moving forward? The steps we need to take, those kind of things. So uh, those siblings that are the my way or the fun way, that's probably where I'd start putting those uh, those people or those individuals into those roles. Now we work to the only way or the right way. Um, those kind of have to be taken just a little bit with a softer touch, in my opinion. Uh, and the reason being is because that um, that personality type oftentimes is sometimes overly critical of an idea or a person. And so the, the what we worry about in therapy is, is that person being critical because they also take things very personally. And so if we bring something to their attention, will they see it as we're being critical of them? So we kind of have to do a little soft shoe around that, um, kind of slow it down, realize that they are processors uh, first as before they are reactors. And so we will work with them, a little bit more patience with those people. Uh, the easy way, uh, you know, kind of like Gary Smalley's piece on, you know, they're the golden retrievers of the, of the group. Um, we want to encourage their enthusiasm. Uh, we love the fact that they can keep everybody calm. Uh, and so we really try to rely on those strengths and let them do um, the different pieces in the organization that can help the whole organization remain calm, uh, enhance the listening skills, and those kind of things. Okay, that's very useful. Now, would you say that each of these people would be able to fill a leadership role in some respect, or can only the powerful personality be the leader? Oh, I think I think definitely each person can fill a different type of leadership role. Um, if you look at our organization, we have four therapists plus an administrator, uh, and our administrator is 100% in that popular category. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beverly is she, she's the fun-loving uh, jokester. I mean, she just likes to to, to uh, make sure the office is light. Uh, her sister actually is one of the marketers for Chick Fil A of all places, and so she comes by this naturally. I mean, this is a God-given gift for her, uh, and so. Uh, if if uh, any of the other therapists or I are being too serious, you know, she cracks a joke or she uh, does something to kind of make it uh, where the mood is lighter. And so that's a good leadership role for her. Uh, she'll go out and do some of our marketing. And honestly, uh, I think she does it better than I do on some levels uh, because people can respond to her. She disarms them very quickly. And so it's a great leadership piece. So, yes, I think um, all four of those styles can assume uh, different parts of leadership in an organization. Okay, now I, I, I like that with, with these things, it's, it's easy to kind of address and, and think of people as stick figures and draw charts and such, but I know that God has knit us together with mind and heart um, and, and spirit, and so we have these emotions and these desires. So can you, is it possible to even separate out or identify some basic desires or emotional needs that each of these different personalities tend towards? Well, uh, let's start with the powerful piece. Um, you know, that person, because they are they're very goal-oriented, um, 
uh, usually pretty good organizers. And so what you can tell, uh, and this is funny because uh, my staff and I were, were talking about these before the program, and uh, one of my therapists says, you know, we, we've noticed, uh, Sean, that whenever you start getting really stressed, uh, that all of a sudden, you know, you kind of um, get a little bit moodier. And uh, and I said, well, you know, why didn't you tell me this five years ago where I could start working on it? And, you know, and, that's correct. And uh, the boss, you don't do it early. <laughs> I, I guess that's it, right. And so uh, it's that idea of, so the emotional component is how do we um, learn to be mindful of our coworkers' emotional states? Um, one of the problems I think that we get into in any organization, big or, or, or small, is we kind of get in our own little world, our own uh, blinders, and we stop looking at how we can minister to our coworkers. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's the idea of... Um, if I'm called to minister to my staff, I may be the owner and the leader, but, but guess what? God has put a different part on me where he says, you must take care of them emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Um, how are you going to love on them? How are you going to pray for them? How are you going to let them know that they are encouraged? Um, how are we going to sit down and just pray together as a team? Those kind of pieces. And so I think working on that emotional side, so if I see my popular person really stressed out about something, how am I going to come and help soothe that? Um, or how can she come and recognize, hey, the perfectionist really is struggling with something and begin to work on that side? I hope I'm answering the question well. You are. And, you know, in the middle of all this, you have this little uh, peaceful person that just bounces from one thing to another. How do you do address that when you've got conflict going on in an office? Do you have a person like that on your staff, Dr. Stowe? Uh, I do, actually, and um, one of the things that the other therapists have actually um, been encouraging her, she, she's probably our most timid um, yes. therapist. Uh, she's, she's rather new, and so she is still you know, kind of growing into her own skin, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and learning how to incorporate uh, biblical counseling and scripture into just um, uh, the whole therapeutic piece, as well as just her own uh, development and growth. And so it's that encouragement of, hey, it's okay to be assertive with a client or it's okay to be assertive in, a, in our meeting. Um, you don't have to just sit there and, and hope that we're all going to get together um, and those kind of things. And so I think with that peaceful person, because they sometimes they come across um, as unmotivated, but really they're just kind of pulled back looking at things. You they're know what lazy. I'm saying? They get to navel lazy early. But they do, they do, and and the reality is is that they're not necessarily lazy. Um, it is really there's a part where they go over to that uh, perfectionist piece. They're really thinking about things. They're trying to figure out mm-hmm. how they fit, where it fits, and how to reduce their own internal level of anxiety if that's going on. And so I think in any organization we have to be aware of that to say even to that person. So I might say, okay, Courtney, you're being really quiet right now. Tell me what's going on. Uh, What are you thinking and what are you feeling in this moment? And then she'll kind of share that with the staff or with me in supervision. And then we say, okay, how do we need to work on that? What do we need to do so that you feel more competent, more confident, uh, where that anxiety is down? And we really kind of hit it on those areas. Okay. Now, I I will say if you are a powerful personality uh, and you are listening to this right now, you are probably thinking, oh, for heaven's sakes, just leave your emotions at home and come to work and let's get the work done. And and I I say that knowing because that is the way that I used to feel. I used to do large property openings and uh, I loved 
planning everything out and and leading the teams towards it. But I kept finding myself in situations where people were in my office exhausted and emotionally falling apart. And I thought, oh, heaven's sakes, what on earth is this about? Just take care of this at home. And so I've kind of had to learn through the through some really hard, tough situations that you cannot separate the emotions from the person and that in the workplace, especially as managers and leaders, um, that we're going to we're going to be bumping up against that. And the more effective leader is going to be able to address that. OK, well, we are going to be getting into this. We are for, through um, our first half hour of our show. We have two segments left. So listening friends, stay with us. We are going to take a break and go to our amazing sponsors. When we get back, we're going to switch from the workplace to parenting and get and some children. insights and children and get some insights to help us all uh, in those roles. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Great. That is really going to help us um, then more effectively um, um, manage in our families. And so what are what are some of the basic questions that we might be able to ask a person to give us some insight into what personality we're dealing with? Dr. Stokes. So some different questions to ask as far as um, family members. Yes. Um, I think right off the bat we have to look at uh, safety, security, emotionally kind of pieces. Ooh, okay. um, so we have the powerful who is maybe more of that task-oriented, you know, hey, we've got to get in the car, we're going to get to this trip, and blah, 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 whereas maybe the peaceful person is like, well, time? Uh, really, There's what, what time do we have to go, and why do we have to go at that time? Why can't we just wait and take our time? And, and we have to look at, well, will that peaceful, how do we increase the security, sense of security for this person? And what I mean by that is if the powerful person becomes very angry or uh, domineering to the child. Get in the car because I said so or because I'm your parent. Then what that creates in that child is a potential sense of an insecurity and almost, not a fear of the parent, but just um, an internal kind of upsetness, the anxiety. And therefore, their responses are going to be slower. Uh, they're going to take more of their time to get things done because they're really looking to go back to that peaceful place. And so we're asking, how am I approaching what is the goal of my approach? Mm-hmm. What am I wanting to teach my child in this? Um, what am I wanting to learn from this? How is God working in uh, in my own life to make me a better parent or a better leader? All those different kinds of questions. Uh, okay, Dr. Stokes, so how do I get the child in the car then? Because I want to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but you just you just basically outlined our interaction this morning when we were getting ready to come to the radio station. So. Uh, help me through this then. How does that powerful personality then work with that peaceful personality to make them, you know, both achieve those end results but feel good about it in a, in a healthy environment? Well, and, uh, you know, this is funny because cause my daughter, like I said, is kind of that um, otter and that, that, that peaceful piece. Um, what what we have learned a long time ago is uh, by simply just saying, we're going to leave at 10 o'clock does not work. Um, now, the, the power person understands that because they're very time-oriented, uh, they're very action-oriented, and okay, 10 o'clock, well, I need to be there five minutes before that or I'm late, those kinds of things. The other side to that, though, is we believe, set a timer so that the peaceful person, I know it's more steps, and the power person is probably going, oh, you got to be kidding me, i got to set a timer, but mm-hmm. you do set that timer because what happens is it removes the power play. So we set a timer for 15 minutes, 
five minutes, and then the time of departure. Mm-hmm. And so that person who is more that peaceful um, understands, hey, my, my timeline is getting closer, my timeline is getting closer, et cetera. And then the other part, because remember, they process, the peaceful process is much slower yes. than the powerful does, right? And so that's where part of this power play gets into it. They're going to think it through slower than the powerful person. And so honestly, there is a part where the power person needs to change a tactic, okay? Um, I love, Evelyn, what you said earlier about the hammer. Uh, we have this saying in our graduate program of, uh, to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> well, if you're going to just pound, 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 you're probably not going to get the results you want, so you have to change tactics. The power person can use his or her gifts and skills that they already have because, remember, motivating, they're they're calculated, they know how to get things uh, done, but have you ever thought about turning it into a game or a competition or a reward system or something like that where you're still in control, but now you're directing this outcome in a more, I guess, a more fun way or more uh, holistic kind of piece? And in, in an incorporated way, Dr. Stokes, because, you know, a, a child that is a peaceful child, or even a young man that's a peaceful child, they feel like they don't have as many rights sometimes as the others because somebody's always bossing them. Uh, we mm-hmm. have two sons. Our oldest son, as I said, is, is a leader. He's a pusher. Uh, and he could, he could run the world. And he does that. I mean, he has a very profitable business. Our youngest son um, in our business worked for us, and both the boys did. And then uh, the oldest one went and been in business for himself, and so our younger son went with him. And, it, you know, it just moved from one um, location to another. But then after a number of years, our youngest son, who is the, the peaceful one, uh, just decided that he wanted to go and be in business for himself. And it, it called a little breach. But he, I said, why would you want to do this, Danny? And he said, because all my life, David has bossed me. David's five years yeah. older than Danny. And Dad didn't boss me all my life because he was never home. And he says, I want to be my own boss. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that was something that developed over a long period of time. But one of the things that, that I learned to do earlier, because these boys are so different, and, of course, their age spread makes it even harder, is at least once a week uh, we had a lake house, and we'd go up to the lake house usually on the weekend, and we'd sit around outside and, and have family time. And I would ask them the question, uh, what uh, do you remember most about this week? Not whatever you remember best or worst, but what do you remember mm-hmm. most? Because yeah. if it was not a good experience, we could work on that. And right. if it was a good experience, we could applaud him. And it was not so much for the oldest son as it was for Danny because, you know, he just isn't always in the background. And yeah. it's really yeah. hard when you have these situations. You have in the office. You have them at home. You have it in a neighborhood, in a PTA, in the school. And so these are the things, I think, that make it so necessary for us to understand personalities, strengths, and weaknesses. And no one is just one one of these blends. Most often we are a combination of one or two. Yeah. I, right. and, and that really resonates with me because while we might um, be more dominant in one area, we will have aspects of the others, right? I mean, we're not, yes. again, we're not uh, single-minded programmed robots. We're very, you know, wonderfully and, uh, you know, made. And uh, I have a, a question in, in that regard. And um, and the question has 
just left me. Evelyn, I had this brilliant, perfect, <laughs> perfect question. Oh, yes, here it is. This is this is it. It is so important to stop and take everyone's temperature, if you will. I mean, Evelyn, those moments when you would stop and say, okay, what do you remember from this week? What stands out? And, uh, you know, I know that especially things can get so busy in a family, and that schedule uh, becomes so tight. But we have got to, whether it's around the dinner table or around a Saturday morning breakfast table uh, or, or during that Friday night get-together where you say, okay, no activities with friends Friday night. We are together for a family night on Friday night to take that, that brief break and check everyone's temperature and say, where are you guys at um, what is going on with you? How are you feeling about where we're at as a family, uh, where you're you're at right now in your life? And and um, taking that pause, I mean that that has made a huge difference with Eric and I. We generally do it Saturday mornings mm-hmm. at breakfast. Yes. Uh, do you? I mean, do you see that that would be a useful thing, Doctor Stokes? Oh, most definitely, most definitely, and and something that I, I like really of what you pointed out. Uh, the, the majority of, of where we miss things, I think, in our in our parenting, um, we we seem to think that everything operates more on a cognitive level. But if we really break it down, anytime we have conflicts or uh, relationship difficulties, or even just uh, the child who's kind of being the strong-willed child for a moment, uh, all of that is operating on an emotional level first. And by taking that time out, like you said, kind of doing the check-in, we do, uh, my daughter and I have done parental uh, report cards and where she has kind of said, well, Dad, you know, here's what I I think you're doing really well on and here's where I think you need to change or work on. Um, And doing those check-ins helps that emotional piece because, again, if you've got the peaceful person, they really are looking for uh, security uh, and those kind of things. And so... Um, by, by doing that, we're able to look at the underlying emotional component of what's going on mm-hmm. for each child and, and the parents in the home and then make cognitive and behavioral changes based on that, if that makes sense. Now, I have a question for you. I have some really good friends. They have an incredible marriage. They've been married about 32 years. Now, every year they go to uh, a marriage counselor, what they call for a tune-up, just to kind of <laughs> talk through things and get some perspective on things. And I know Eric and, and I generally, you know, once a week, maybe once every two weeks, we just we go for a walk together. That's what we do. We walk about three miles in the evening and we'll say, OK, where are you at? How are you doing? So if this is important to build a family to do these these kind of temperature checks. How important is that for a marriage? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think it is vital, uh, quite honestly. Uh, what I see in my practice uh, on a really on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis are the majority of the couples who have stopped doing those kinds of things. Um, they are super busy, like every other couple, uh, but they have stopped doing the day-to-day pieces or even uh, the week-to-week pieces of connecting and reconnecting, and they're kind of letting life um, take them down the river, uh, as you so to speak, versus them kind of controlling the boat. And so I think it is vital that every couple um, take time out away from the kids to uh, to do that. Um, uh, you know, my marriage, all of our, our family pretty much is deceased, and so we have grown up. My daughter's grown up without any grandparents, um, and we don't have any other relatives in the nearby area. So it's been very difficult for my wife and I to be able to find those kind of times because it's just three of us, you know, be bopping around. Um, but there are times whenever we'll say to our daughter, you know, you might need to go up to your room for a little bit. Uh, you know, mom and dad are going to go talk about this and those kind mm-hmm. of things. 
and and it is vital. It is a vital piece that if I think if couples do not do that, uh, we're looking at some danger signs down the road. Well, you know, Doctor Stokes, uh, when we look at it um, as to what who we are individually, God creates each one of us as an individual, powerful personality to be used by Him in a way that can make a difference in our world. When we come back, we want to take uh, five or ten minutes and talk about some of the biblical characters that stand out for us as these examples. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Some of the people, if, if if we had to put together the perfect family, would we want everyone to be a powerful or everyone to be a popular or would we want a mix? When we come back after our sponsor break, we're going to get to see what Jesus chose to do. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Kathy Underbrock and Evelyn Davidson and their special guest, Dr. Sean Stokes. Love talking today about Personality 101. And welcome back. This is Kathy Underbrock in the studio with Evelyn Davison and our very special guest from LifeWay Counseling Center in Dallas, Dr. Sean Stokes. Welcome back, listeners. So we are talking about personality today. We are doing a crash course, Personality 101. We've been talking about the popular personality, the uh, powerful personality, the perfect personality, and the peaceful personality. Now, we have a question here. You know, I know a lot of us, if we're going to work or in our family, we say, well, why can't everyone just see it my way? Why can't everyone just be like me? Now, is that the best scenario? If Jesus knows exactly how to put together the perfect family, the perfect group, the perfect team, would he choose to make them all one one personality style? So we're going to get to see this. Let's talk first. When he called his disciples, he did not call a bunch of powerful personalities or a bunch of uh, popular. He got this beautiful, unique mix. And uh, just for my oldest daughter, Aaliyah, who at the break came in and said, I'm feeling left out, like you're not talking about my personality style at all. So she is a, a perfect, okay, um, uh, Aaliyah, so we're going to talk about Matthew first. Now, Matthew was the tax collector, and we get this incredible insight into Matthew's personality because in his gospel, if, when you open up your Bible to the New Testament, Matthew's gospel is the very first of the four gospel accounts, and that is the good news accounts of Jesus Christ and who he was. And so when Matthew opens his gospel, the first thing that he does is very methodically and with detail goes through all the generations uh, from Abraham to David, from David to Jesus Christ. So he shows Jesus Christ's entire lineage all the way back to Abraham. Now, if you're like me, I generally kind of skip over that in the gospel reading of Matthew because I find it very, very boring. But that perfect personality style will be very interested in all of those details. And then Matthew adds all of these, uh, he, he adds, he quantifies it. And, and I'll read you from Matthew, the very first chapter. If you go down to verse 17, right after the gene, genealogy, Matthew writes, So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation of Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. And so it's 
so funny. We can see Matthew's perfect personality coming through so clearly, seeing the exactness of the numbers, the details in the genealogy, and yet we don't see other disciples like that. So we're going to look at all of these different personality styles in these men that Jesus called to come and follow him. Well, you know, Kathy, um, uh, we want to ask Dr. Stokes how important it is when you're putting together uh, a business, a church. Let's talk about church, that you have someone that does have a perfect personality. What do you say, Dr. Stokes? Well, but, you know, I was a youth pastor for five years, uh, and, and so being in the church ministry in that area, I would say uh, without those that were that perfect personality, um, I don't think we could have accomplished some of the things that we accomplished. Uh, we had to have that component because their planning expertise and the detail pieces Man, if we didn't have that, we were going to really mess up. And so by having that, um, we had two or three um, uh, folks on our team that, that were really adept at that. Um, and, I mean, I missed some things um, as the pastor. Sure. And if they had not been there, we would have had some mistakes. And so it was great to have that particular personality type in our group. How important is it to have the powerful one there? Well, I and think what that would you, you have say to have your personality is, Dr. Stokes? We've not asked you that. Say it again? I said, what in relation to the powerful is your personality? Oh, my personal one? Yes. <laughs> well, well, my staff tells me that I'm probably more of the powerful with a little uh, bit of uh, perfect in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. How like important it. Is, it, is it to have a person on your staff? I think I think you have to have the powerful person in there. That's a lot of P's in there, isn't it? Powerful person uh, with a personality uh, (laughs) on your staff to help kind of guide leadership with that. Um, I think without it, without that, um, if we look at the disciples, um, Jesus was that powerful piece on some levels where he brought them together. He formed that group. They became a family. They became a unit under his tutelage, his his leadership. And he had a very wonderful style um, of leadership that I think had some powerful pieces to it. Um, but it was, it, was a, it was a grace-filled power, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you have to have that in any group. And, I mean, Jesus also selected disciples who also shared that same powerful personality. And, you know, now when I think of a powerful personality, I think of of Peter. And while he also had some elements of of other things in there, you know, when I go to reading the the first and second Peter, those are kind of towards the end of of our New Testament, towards – uh, Revelation and and First Peter is hanging out there with James and First, Second, and Third John towards the end of that New uh, Testament book. If you want to listening friends, if you want to go and take a look at that, but in First Peter, this is the way that Peter shares Christ, and you can hear the action and the power in it. I'm just going to read from First Peter uh, chapter one verse thirteen. It says. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so you can hear these strong words and these urgings and this personality of Peter coming through in those words. You can, I mean, it almost, I feel like it just, with his hand being in the small of my back and just pushing me into this with his words. And and so I love that Jesus did also 
um, get a powerful personality when he was going out there and, and selecting his disciples. Well, we're so happy, Dr. Stokes, you've been with us today. You've helped us lay some things on the table of understanding today that uh, I'm sure are going to be helpful to some of our listeners. Give us uh, how we can uh, put co- people in contact with you. Uh, they can go to our website at uh, lifewaycounselingcenter.com. And uh, we have an office in Frisco and an office here in Denton. They can also call us directly. Uh, that is 940-382-0109. And uh, Beverly, our popular personality type, will be answering <laughs> that phone and uh, directing you and kind of helping you out. And uh, they can also email me directly just at Sean, uh, that's S-E-A-N, at LifewayCounselingCenter.com. I think that's wonderful, Doc. Doctor, uh, when we look at where we are, we all need help. And our, most of our help comes from the love of the Lord Jesus and as we begin to mm-hmm. trust him. And it's important, even with a personality, to have that full heart of goodness that comes through God's grace. So thank yes. you for joining us. And we'll put this up on our website so that people can find you. And if you ever come in our way, let us know. We'd love to have you come in the studio. Awesome. Well, I'll be in Austin next week. So. What are you uh, very doing nice. Thank here. you for having me. Yeah, and what will you be doing here in Austin? Well, uh, in 2011, Governor Perry appointed me to a licensing board, and so I serve as the um, uh, the co-chair of that, uh, and I'm the chair of the rules committee with that, and so it's the LMFT licensing board, and we'll be down there for our quarterly board meetings. Well, uh, God, we'll report that to the governor's office. Well, God bless you. Well, tell Greg Abbott his other mother said hello. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pass thank it on. you thank again, you Dr. Much. Stokes. We appreciate your time today. Thank okay. you for having me. Kathy, when we look at where we are uh, in our nation today, and we're looking for strong leaders, we're looking for people that know, that have the plus factor. Yes. We've not talked about the plus factor today. That plus factor is the love and the power that comes to a person through the lifeship of Jesus Christ. And it is so important, regardless of what your personality is or my personality is, is that we come to realize that the Lord took the parts of the DNA of our parents to give us that physical part of our structure, of our being. But he also created in us a desire to know him, a desire to live for him, a desire to be blessed and be a blessing to others. And that's why it's so important for us to understand personality strengths and weaknesses. We're going to be doing some more work in this area in the coming weeks. But we would say to you today that, you know, you can take, you can measure your temperament. You can measure your personality. But without the plus that goes with that, without the cross, You'll never come to understand who you are really or what God, what the purpose for your life is. And so we would just offer you that opportunity to come to know him in a personal way. Uh, first thing you have to do is acknowledge you don't know him, acknowledge your loss, that you need him. Secondly, you believe that he is the son of the living God, that he came and paid the price for your sin. And then the C is that you would confirm and confess that you want him to come into your life and give you the power package that it takes to live the Christian life and to be a person that can be helpful and generous and graceful to others. So we thank you. Tell tell our friends how they can get in touch with us. Absolutely. You can uh, get in touch with us online at at 
lovetalknetwork.com. You can go and see us, visit us, and join us and like us on Facebook at Love Talk Radio on Facebook. And you can also call us on the Love Line, Evelyn, and that is 512-249-6535. If you have any questions for us, go to lovetalknetwork.com and email us your questions. We'd love to uh, use your questions for air on air and just to for our future programming answer your questions and and we just want you to know Christ made you and he made you for great things and he always uses everything that he makes and so as you go out in your week listeners uh we just encourage you to live well and love well starting with God loving yourself and loving others until next week we look forward to being with you then